1: So I am now joined here in the new podcasting studio uh, with some of the production team. So we have Jacob Green, Katie Selman, and Zach Burke. Hello. Hey, Travis. It's good to have everybody here.
2: I can't believe uh, we're back here in this new studio, studio. but we're back. Invisible icon.
1: And all here for a birthday party. Yes, uh, we all have
2: hats on. Um, We already sing happy birthday because we can't do it on air.
0: Because it's copyrighted. Because it's
2: copyrighted, but uh, rest assured it has been said and saying.
1: Keep Wake Go Loud and Rogue Media Network, this is Invisible Icon. I'm your host, Travis Scott, and we have a very special episode planned for you. We have an interview between executive producer Zach Burke and legendary singer-songwriter and upcoming documentarian Marshall Crenshaw.
3: Me, Mr. Hey. Mr. Burke. Right? <laughs> yes, sir. How
4: are you? Uh, reasonably well.
3: So with Tom's birthday being on the 25th, obviously we wanted to do something special for the episode. And I couldn't think of a better thing to do besides have our next guest on, uh, Mr. Marshall Crenshaw, who is actually in the process, uh, just wrapped up, and correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, uh, your documenti- documentary project, on Mr. Wilson, and just, I'm super excited to be able to see everything Uh that, you know, you guys have been able to put together. And I can only imagine that it's had to have been a similar journey as it was with ours with getting the podcast done, of just being able to dive into the world of Tom Wilson.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, I've been really caught up in it for seven years now. And uh, I mean, a lot of ups and downs emotionally, But, uh, I mean, I really do love the project. It's a gas. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm wrapping it up now, but we are uh, entering into the endgame phase, let's say. or We're we're trying to – at the beginning of last year, at the beginning of 2020, I did feel confident that during that year, you know, we'd get it finished. But then, you know, of course, nature – (laughs) <laughs> and the law had a different plan, but we're, we're you know we're ro- we're really rolling for sure, and I I feel like I have a best case scenario situation with the people that I'm working with, you know, a lot of trial and error along the way, but uh, and anyway, it's great. I, it's it's been fun, really gratifying.
3: That's that's absolutely awesome, and uh, I'm, I'm so excited to see the end product once it gets there. The, the one question that I've always had, though, that I was hoping, you know, I think that you could shed some better light on is the fact of I came at this project as, you know, I'm somebody who I learned how to play the alto sax high school band. I'm a fan of music. I'm not a musician. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody in your profession who obviously that's been part of your life for so long. And then the story of Tom Wilson and just how under the radar he went, I guess, how does that affect or I guess, can you explain more from that aspect of like a, you know, a a musician field of how that hits compared to somebody, you know, like myself? I guess I look at it as just and I'm sitting here talking circles around myself trying to find the best way to explain it. But mm-hmm. I looked uh-huh. at it as a story that needed to be told. You, as somebody yourself using musician and in that business, how do you feel about the story then, as you're familiar with a lot of what's going on?
4: Well, I, I'd say I'm the same as you in, in that, you know, I found out about the story and was just dumbstruck, you know, that there was a hole in history where the story was supposed to be. But I'm not a filmmaker. I still wouldn't call myself a filmmaker. You know, I'm a singer, songwriter, guitar player, recording artiste. that has been my whole life. Um, But I I just... I have a friend named Erwin Chusid. I know you probably know that name. Yes, sir. He's the guy that put up that website back in 2013. And, uh, you know, I'm on some of Erwin's email lists, and he sent me a a note that he started this website. And and when I looked at it, I just... I don't know, something just happened in my brain. I, I, I thought, this, this, I can't even be seeing what I think I'm seeing. Here's this guy whose name I vaguely remember from seeing on record. This is one person, right? Who, mm-hmm. It says here on Irwin's website, this one person discovered Cecil Taylor and produced three of his first four albums. He discovered Sun Ra, put an asterisk beside Beside the word "discover," but anyway, he discovered Sun Ra. Then he was Bob Dylan's producer during the stretch of albums where Dylan went electric. Then he uh, gave, you know, the Velvet Underground, Frank Zappa, Simon and Garfunkel, you know, breaks that nobody else was going to give them. He produced twenty hits for Eric Burton and the Animals. This is like one person who did all this, and I, you know, I, I'm I knew enough to see a connectivity between the names Cecil Taylor, Sun Ra, Electric Dillon, Velvet Underground, Simon and Garfunkel, you know, I see that there, it's a list of provocateurs. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, this guy has cultivated all these provocateurs, so like, what's what's his agenda, you know? Uh, Anyway, all these things just kind of flashed through my mind, and uh, suddenly it just hit me, you know, that uh, on, on the homepage of Irwin's website, he he throws down the gauntlet. <laughs> he says, "He says I don't want to read. I don't want to write a book about Tom Wilson. I want to read a book about him. But I don't, I don't want to make a film about Tom Wilson. I want to see one." he's challenging somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just when it when I realized that I wanted to do it, and then I promised myself I was going to do it. It took me. It was a surprise to me, honestly. But anyway, I, so off I went, I didn't, I didn't know anything about, you know, taking what a first step was going to be or how, what, how to do what I wanted to do, but I just sort of started and, uh, and just didn't stop.
3: So then I didn't realize. So just now is that our, our us as a group and then you and your group, we're basically answering that gauntlet that was thrown down. Right. We, 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 we we've responded to erwin <laughs>
4: yeah yeah you could say that for sure it was It was definitely Irwin's website that that provoked this whole thing with me, you know
3: uh, so then you talked about being there in the final stages. How is it obviously you're putting the final touches, but to see this you know project, this baby as you talked about working on for so long, finally get to that place though if it's something you've worked so hard and now you're finally seeing it you know kind of come to fruition there and you're getting close to it
4: oh, it's exciting, you know. But there's, you know, right at the beginning, I thought somewhere along the way, what if I hit a insurmountable stumbling block of some kind, you know? So I I kept waiting for that moment for something to happen where the whole thing was just gonna fall into the ditch, you know. But it just, it, it it didn't work that way. It, It was kind of the opposite, you know. It was like the universe was friendly to this thing from the start. I'm still, you know, until it's really, really done, I'm still keeping my emotions in check, right? <laughs> but, uh, no, it's, it's really, I mean, it's been really great. I just, I wanted to find the story and, uh, now I feel like I have. And it's just a matter of taking all the information and all the content and making an artistic statement with it, you know. that's that's what remains to be done.
3: I appreciate you taking the time out to talk to us. I have just a couple more questions for you, Marshall. Um, Okay. I I was sitting here and and thinking about it, and you talk about obviously all the emotions they get into it, and I think that you know, people are drawn to this story because of just kind of how forgotten it seems in time that Tom is. Do you think that we're in a place now where something like this could happen even today where there could be you know, a producer or somebody like that that could fall by the wayside? Or is it just, you know, part of it just the time of when it happened? What do you think added to the fact of why, you know, somebody who was attached to so much is known kind of by so little?
4: Uh, You know, I still don't 100% understand it exactly, like why he became like a forgotten name. There have been a couple instances where we've asked to uh, talk to somebody about it somebody that you know it's clear knew him at least for a time and but a lot of people say you know i don't really remember him and i'm like wait a minute six foot four the only african-american in the whole office you don't remember him you know but i've gotten that kind of vibe from people before and i'm like i'm not really sure what that's all about but uh no i'm still mystified by that you know what but anyway, I guess we'll figure, hopefully, figure all that out. Yes, sir. Well, before, I, we're, before we're done,
3: <laughs> do you feel? I guess I'll, I'll leave you with this. And obviously, um, I think I'll at least speak from how I look at stuff. And when you create this project, you don't know how it's going to be received or, you know, um, how it can affect people for you. I, and Is it more of that you want it to make sure to tell the best story possible? Do you want to get just more recognition out of there? I guess what is it that you would like, hopefully once the documentary said and, you know, done, you've got it shipped, you've got it sent off and your project, your baby in a way is complete. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what is it that would make it a success for you? Is it just completing it? Is it getting it out there for other people to see?
4: Well, you know, we want to honor him. Definitely. We, he's a game changing figure in popular music. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say that in capital letters. And uh, so I guess, you know, first in the first place, we want to be able to do justice to him. That's the first thing. And then also I think that he deserves like a really vibrant artistic statement to be made on his behalf because he was a vibrant person and he, Brought a lot of, uh, you know, energy in, in, into the things that he did, and put energy in the world that might not have been there otherwise. So, uh, you know, I want—I just want the movie or whatever we end up with—to to, to do justice to what he did and who he was, and just, you know, what kind of figure he he was. And also the time, the times, his life and times, you know, because it was—it was a real memorable time for people that live through it and the time period that people are still interested in. So all of that.
3: Thank you again, Mr. Crenshaw for your time. I appreciate you taking the time out just to answer some questions for us to uh, put it on the podcast this week. I, I appreciate it very much.
4: All right. Well, that's great. I really like what you guys are doing and uh, I might, e- maybe I'll even see you. Yeah. Hey, if you
3: are, I saw, if you come to Waco, let us know. We are more than happy to take you out and show you around. And we might have some exciting news that we can share with you here in the future about Tom and the city too.
4: Yeah. I already heard something from T about it. Yeah. As soon as he tells us when he's cool to, to have us come down then then we'll, we'll make a whole trip out of it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No, we know that there's going to be signage put up for sure. And we're in the works of, you know, uh, potentially a, a stage, a performance area in here named after him and stuff too. So we're slowly uh, being able to help get the recognition in town, so it'll be awesome.
4: that's fantastic. All right. Well, I look forward to meeting you. Yes. And I, I think I will be soon, you know?
3: Yes, sir. I, I look forward to it too. Uh, stay safe, and I appreciate it very much.
4: All right. Be well. Have a good evening.
3: You
1: too. Bye. Following the interview, we were able to sit down with the team to talk about what it means on Tom's birthday and the extended conversation that we've been able to have following the original recording of the podcast. So I would say, you know, since the original airing of the podcast, we 've all had so many opportunities to talk to other people about Tom Wilson and what it means to us and what he means to other people and the impact on what he 's on the community. What are some of the experiences that you guys have been fortunate to have in this in this uh, in this time in between?
0: Well, one of my favorite things is that we were asked to actually speak with a class on Tom Wilson. Um, and a couple of classes through Zoom because, you know, 2020, 2021. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool to talk to a professor who is local here in Waco. And...
2: Super fan also.
0: Super. Well, that's what I was going to say. He's a super fan of the podcast. Uh, He reached out to Tom's son, um and he has been so supportive and in fact I I don't think I've told all of you this maybe just Jacob but he wants us to all come over to the church that he owns um he bought an old historical church that's no longer it's going to become a music venue he wants all of us to come over for dinner and we are all going to eat Tom's favorite meal what yeah he wants I to have us i forgot
2: to respond to his text message oh you he, should he, do that he texted me today and i just oh, said it was today that's it, that's it, not i
0: am okay. so stoked yeah he how got. Cool is that he asked uh, tom wilson the third um what tom's favorite meal was and so he wants to fix that for us um and kind of just t- you know celebrate the podcast and how much he really enjoyed listening to it that is so cool wow
3: <laughs>
2: so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, no. I, I i forgot that was a thing um and <laughs> and uh that is very cool um among that oh i um i forgot that we got to talk to those classes that was that was very cool the 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 engagement that we got from the kids yeah uh, was very special um and it felt like we genuinely were educating them on something that they can now be proud of to yeah and just school a baylor especially um, you know
0: uh Entertain or, I guess, educating Generation Z through something other than TikTok. That's how I <laughs> learned things these but days. But it was still through Zoom, so it, it still had the Zoom. feel that they wanted.
1: <laughs> yeah. You guys just um, didn't have to do any TikTok dances.
2: No, <laughs> or no, you- no, Travis Scott, we did not. <laughs>
0: Great. Okay. Hmm. I'm a savage. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, but I re- it, was, it was a really cool experience. Um, it was also really eye opening to see what it's like as a professor to have to like teach in Zoom because a lot of kids like wanted to have their cameras off. There was one like taking a walk in the middle of the class, mm. just like outside. I was like, this is so odd.
1: <laughs> so in addition to the opportunity to speak with students um, and, you know, of course, with our peers as well, about uh, the legacy and the impact of Tom Wilson. Um, There have been some developments in the community of Waco that are still in progress. So we can't give details about those at this point. Um, But in the meantime, our podcast has been submitted for a Murrow Award. So yet another step in the journey to making Tom Wilson Jr. a household name.
2: Yeah, and uh, how close we are to that is pretty incredible. Mm
3: -hmm. Um, I love
0: it.
2: Yeah.
3: I mean, I got to just kind of give a tease in a bit at the end of the interview with uh, Marshall Crenshaw, just to kind of let him know where things are at. And it's just cool. Just even say the things we're working on that, just knowing that the steps we're making, the progress we're making, like it's super exciting and it's, it's an awesome feeling to have.
2: He, he said something though, that was pretty, um, it kind of shocked me a little bit. You can we just talk about that for a second oh, yeah, no
3: for sure where he brought up the fact that uh our group of uh, the uh, invisible icon group and he and the group he has working on the documentary for Tom right now are the two entities the only two entities that are out there basically kind of telling tom's story so it, it's up to us and that's kind of he he referenced obviously uh, uh friend of ours, Erwin Chuset of how
2: he brought up on the website
3: that he didn't want to write a book. He wanted to read a book and he kind of threw that gauntlet down and I brought it up to Marshall and I feel like, well, then that's kind of us answering that gauntlet of what he threw down of, you know, Marshall Crenshaw putting together a documentary, us putting together this podcast series. It's us being able to get that information about Tom out there to everybody.
0: You know, one thing I haven't seen is actual like live footage of Tom. Um, And I'm kind of excited of the, you know, idea of like in the documentary, maybe he has that live footage. I've only heard audio. I've only seen pictures.
2: Maybe some home videos. Oh, man. That would be so. I mean, that would be pretty old. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) If you had some money back then, you had some good equipment and you got some footage. I mean, I don't think that's really
0: changed. (laughs) The thing
3: that I don't know if it exists, but that I want to see because I've seen a still, you know, a, a photograph of it. So I know he was there. Is obviously Tom's there when they shot the music video for Subtraining Homesick Blues.
2: Like oh, right, yeah, he's there. He's up while on Dylan's the rooftop holding
3: one of the cue cards. There has to be some behind the scenes footage there, but just to know that <laughs> that, that iconic music video, Tom's there with him while he's doing it. Yeah. so that'd yeah. be something if it were. That's out there. great. There, there's a lot of those, like you know, holy grail type things. Obviously, the hope that are out there. Yeah, but,
2: you know, some yeah, nice little cherries.
0: One thing that I love about this journey. Is that we're not not only impacting, you know, people who have listened to the podcast, kids in the classrooms, that kind of thing. But we're actually impacting actual musicians that are from Waco, who play music in Waco and aspire to be a musician or a producer or, you know, they want to do this for a living. And I think that that's something that's really special.
1: So normally at the end of the episode... I share with you some of my thoughts and reflections on the, the content that I have been reading through or the content that we've discussed over the course of the episode. But in honor of Tom's birthday, we want to share with you the thoughts of the musicians in the community about what Tom Wilson means to them.
0: Tell me who you are.
5: I am Kalik Iq. And where are you from? I am from Waco, Texas, also Mart, Texas.
0: Mart, Texas. Okay. And what would recognizing somebody like Tom Wilson mean for the Waco and the music community?
5: Uh, it would mean a lot because he is someone that is obviously from Waco. He's a African American man uh, who who actually paved the way for a lot of musicians, a lot of the greats, uh, as you mentioned earlier, some great iconic people like Bob Dylan, uh, and uh, he he deserved to get you know his recognition for being such a, a pivotal person in history when it comes to, to, to music as a whole and uh, giving inspiration to people such as myself and uh, some other fellow musicians here around Waco that are African-American males as well.
0: Absolutely, and I feel like a lot of times, like. You know, especially now, especially in the past, like you, you gave recognition to the artist, but the thing is, the artist would be nothing without the producer. The do- producer is the artist, and like with Simon and Garfunkel, they had this sound, the song called "Sound of Silence," and it it fell flat. And then Tom Wilson grabbed this song and created the sounds of silence which is the song you know he added all of this beautiful music to it and it went the 50s or 60s equivalent of viral at the time and it's like he knew he had this ear for music um so tell me who you are and why you think Tom Wilson would should be recognized
6: oh my name is D'Arian and I am from Waco Texas and man I believe that uh Tom Wilson should be like recognized in Waco is like because you know most people when they come in a music scene like they're always like hey I want to be an influential uh, influential person you know do big things and and then when you find out that somebody from your town and you know does that and then they go on to do really great things like you wouldn't even think of doing and it's just like hey that's like another person that inspired to like you know we got the john mayors on earth we got the lady guy we got the drakes on earth like as if it's somebody as somebody else but somebody who's closer to home than you know far off and you know you've never seen him before it's just like somebody like hey he lived down the street you know some live under this so I, I believe that's why so she
0: he literally lived down the street <laughs> like literally right that way on down the street um and you know it's it's like one of those things where there's literally about to be a documentary that's gonna come out about him and I want Waco to recognize him beforehand. Not wait l- not let America like have this moment of like recognizing Tom Wilson and then Waco has to be on the back end, you know. Like I want Waco to be like, we already recognize this person. One of my favorite facts about Tom Wilson is that he was so busy and so like He was one of the most important producers from the 60s and 70s that, again, people don't know who he is. Yet he was so busy, he turned down Jimi Hendrix. So tell me who you are and why you think uh, Tom Wilson Jr. should be recognized.
6: I am Saxy Gerald, a.k.a. Saxy G. (laughs) And I am also from Waco. And I feel like Tom Wilson should get his recognition because he is... From Waco, just straight up. Um, A lot of beginning artists, whenever they think about who's something that inspires them, it's a lot of times from people that are from out of town, Dallas, LA, Houston, New York, Florida, all of that. And, but they rarely know about the people who are in their local community and everything like that. And so with recognizing Tom Wilson and like educating the youth and all the other aspiring musicians about who this man was and what he did, that just gives them a lot more hope. Instead of trying to look out uh, outward uh, for inspiration, they can look internally for that. And then you never know, mess up and mess around and blow up the city, you know, put Waco on the bigger map for music. And you don't have to go to Dallas or Austin for that. You don't have to go to LA. You can come right here in Waco and we can really, there's a lot of talent in the city. And uh, they need to know who this man is. That way we can be inspired to do something great for the city.
0: You don't have to go to Austin. You don't have to go to Dallas. Um, We could literally become, we have the platform, we have the growth, we have the talent to become a music hub. You know, we could be the Nashville of Texas. Um, Is there anything else any of y'all would like to add to that or talk about your own craft and, you know, what you think about Waco and the music scene?
5: I think uh, Waco, like he said earlier, has a lot of potential. We have a lot of gifted, talented people here from all spectrums, uh, ranging from not only country and rock, but also R&B, hip hop, uh, neo jazz, jazz. It doesn't matter, you name it, Waco has it. I mean, we're like, we're Central Texas, and it makes sense for us to have a very diverse sense of uh, culture when it comes to music. And I mean, like we're in between all these major cities, so we get an influx of all the different personalities that come through and, and we want to be able to cultivate here so that way people don't have to feel like they have to go somewhere else beyond Waco in order to get that, that light that they you know rightfully deserve.
0: Do you see like a major shift in the music scene from like even five years ago? Do you feel like the city is embracing a more diverse music culture?
5: I would hope so. I've moved. I moved back two years ago, uh, and I'm I'm fairly new to the music world as well as a musician. Um, I didn't start taking it serious until like last year, but I knew that there was different ones that were doing music here. Um, you know, from Verbal C to Symbolic, Symbolic One. You know, you got all of those, uh, the OGs of Waco. Um, so I'm sure there has been uh, a significant change within the last five years. Um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely feel like it is still changing uh, in, a diff- in a in a certain direction that is different from all the other places around us and stuff like that.
0: So. Absolutely. And I feel like people like Tom Wilson and even some Symbolic One had to leave the city in order to get to the, the point that they are right now. And I hope soon it becomes this is a place that you could actually come. It's a hub. There's recording studios. There's hype. There's all of the things that gives everyone, um, especially our young people, a platform to become not only successful, but like financially successful as a musician here in Waco. We're gonna make some really, really good music here in Waco. I'm really excited yeah, yeah, yeah. for the future.
1: Facts,
6: no, facts oh, oh, like yes. all dogs. Stay tuned. That's all we can say. <laughs> stay, stay tuned. tuned. <laughs> stay tuned man. Let's make music together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make <laughs> sweet yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: A huge thanks to the people who helped put this podcast together, our executive producers, Jacob Green,
0: Katie Selman, Lindsey Lippman,
1: Zach Burke, and I'm Mike Hamilton. And I'm Travis Scott. And this has been Invisible Icon, the Tom Wilson story. This podcast is produced by Rogue Media Network. Our theme music is by the Bowlings.